0: nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength,
1: health, and mindset inside and out. With your hosts, Steve Katarzy and Bryn Jenkins.
0: So here's a question. Would you say you are super productive, incredibly passionate, and in control of your addiction 100% of the time? Look, I don't know about you, but for me, the answer is categorically no. (laughs) And for most people, the answer is very similar. So we're gonna spend today's episode unpacking that a little bit. Uh, We first get started off by Bryn and I talking about FIRE. It stands for Financially Independent Retire Early. Interesting concept of people retiring by the age of 30. And we also talk about the rise of the robots, artificial intelligence, robotics in the workplace? And what does that mean for our jobs? We then get into the two meaty subjects. The first being my pursuit for the perfect work week. Because the reality is I'm getting more five out of 10 days than 10 out of 10 days, and I'd much rather the latter. So I'm questioning myself. Am I lazy? Can I not manage myself? Why have I always got such a busy mind? I'm constantly distracted. Why is that? Why does my time management suck? why do I feel I've got this decision fatigue by so early in the day? And I think it's because I've been offering myself too much flexibility. So we talk about that. And we talk about, you know, my attempts to architect that perfect day schedule, as well as the week schedule, really my gold standard template that I know if I can live by, I'll live a happy and fulfilled life, both at work, at home and from a wellness perspective. And spoiler alert, I am more productive than ever before by putting in that work and following the plan. We then talk about a more taboo subject, which is the reality of social media addiction. And look, social media has a lot of goodness, but it's incredibly distracting from a productivity, creativity, and physical connection standpoint. We're on our phones for hours a day. At least two hours of those are on social media, probably more. And then we got the likes of YouTube and news apps, which just further distract us. It's just too much. So we talk about that. We talk about the impact on our kids. Um, but ultimately, we speak about the things that we're currently doing or contemplating to do to get our own social media addictions in check. And we close it out by thinking about how, from a society perspective, we can control this epidemic, which is social media addiction. Adaptation. Fire.
1: Yes, I saw this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah,
1: I saw this the other day. I know we're
0: reading the same things these days. Yeah. So what does it stand for FIRE? It stands for Financial Independence Retire Early.
1: Early, yeah, that was it. Yeah, I, that's um, uh, It's to do with millennials, isn't it? Uh, starting to retire early.
0: Yeah, from what, I un- from what I understand, reading through a few pieces, there's this kind of growing... Expectation of millennials or you know, early 30s type folk who are looking to get out, out of the rat race, get out of the corporate yeah. gig early, and effectively retire in their early 30s mm. and live off their savings that they've made, not living in, you know, working in tech companies, what have you, yeah. but living frugally mm. throughout their life. So, there's people you know, trying to save you know, a million dollars or six hundred thousand dollars, mm. and then having a Sub twenty k thousand dollars per annum lifestyle, yeah. Which I think is is amazing that people are feeling liberated and and capable mm. of exiting, you know, the rat race at such a young yeah, age. Yeah. I mean, it it is cool, right? Yeah. I think we'd all want that if we could.
1: Well, I think it's learning about um how to deal with your finances and having a good understanding and realizing there are ways of um, working the system, and I think they were. they're they're living off so they've got enough money saved in their account and then they're only using four percent of that to pay for their out uh, for their um, lifestyle so they're living basically off the interest of the money that they've saved so they'll go right if i need x amount to survive every year how much do i need to be for that to only be four percent so they'll have this number of like 600k and they'll go okay i need 600k twenty four a year will be four percent that that would mean that I don't have to actually use my savings I think that's such a smart way of using your money it is it is
0: cool but it would be very difficult for yeah. very difficult for people that aren't being ridiculously paid right yeah. so if you think about a lot a lot of the folks like you know working at places like Google or Facebook mm-hmm. you know, come out of college they're very competent computer science engineers mm. and they can command a really big salary mm. if they do well when they got involved in a couple of projects that take off their salary takes off as well and you do that for five to ten years and you save well yeah you can easily save like a, a million bucks on those kind of salaries yeah. but if you think about a average job that isn't as um, highly paid as that it would be a little bit more difficult wouldn't it yeah. to create enough net worth that you can just live off your net worth and not live off an income?
1: Well, they're making some serious sacrifices. And I think one of the guys is living out of a van. Um, and I mean, it takes a certain person to do that. I mean, it's not the, the worst thing in the world. It would be probably quite a nice, simple life. Um, but you, yeah, I mean, if you're not earning much, you kind of have to make these sacrifices to, you know, to make your lifestyle a lot cheaper.
0: I'm, I'm just... This is really close to my heart, Bryn, right? Because mm. obviously, I turned 37 yesterday. Yeah. So I'm not early 30s. I'm definitely back in the 30s. But I have been wanting to exit the corporate, basically working for someone else Yeah. Uh, space for probably early 30s. And, you know, seven years ago, this idea of I'm not going to be working for someone else was a bit pie in the sky unless yeah. you're like a, a tradesman or you got something that's clearly a self-employed and sustainable job yeah the idea of not working for someone else would be something that I tell someone and be like that sounds good you keep yeah. having that dream Steve nice do you know idea, what I mean yeah but it ain't gonna happen um you know I'm 37 I'm now self-employed now I I'm going passion first income second mm. in how I'm thinking about 2018 yeah I want to use this year to really feed the passion and fuel my excitement about what I think I can create that can be big and impactful and make a difference to the world and I'm comfortable investing before income yeah but not many not many people have the privilege of doing that mm. but what I get so excited about is this idea that people are aspired and motivated to both create add value and go it alone, yeah, uh, on their own steam. You know, be their own boss and drive their own destiny, and you know, try and make an impact. And I'm not saying you can't make an impact working for someone else. You absolutely can work for some amazing companies that offer some, a lot of value yeah. to their customers.
1: Some people, are, you know, they work better under someone else. They need that structure. They need someone else to be in charge. Turn up and just do their day and go home. Not everyone's born to sort of follow their passion and and be an entrepreneur.
0: But here's, here's the thing, and I was thinking about this recently, Brent. So i thinking about, you know, our folks, like mm. you know, my wife's mum and dad, thinking about people that I know, you know, in, you know, late 50s, 60s, 70s, that kind of age range, and they're all still working. Mm. And there's a dependency to work. It's not I work because I love it. I'm working because I need the money. Yeah. And they've worked all their lives and they've always had that not hand to mouth absolutely not some of the people I'm talking about are have got a really good life but they still need to work to maintain that life yeah. and i think think about the work they do most people i'd say probably 80 to 90% of people don't enjoy work what do they do they might find some joy out of you know the community spirit of the people that they're working with some banter you know, they may they may not hate it. I'm not saying everyone hates their job, mm. but it's not a passion. It's yeah. not a it's not a thing like driving to work going, fuck, I can't wait to get to work and do more yeah. of this good stuff and create this and Be do productive. that and you know, make these new things. Often it's oh it's Monday again. Yeah. And I've got no to just go Go, yeah, in it, work through to Friday, and yeah. then thank God it's the weekend. And it's just like just do that fifty-four times a
1: I think there's a lot of people out there that, especially now with the internet, it's easier to follow your passion. But then I do wonder, and there's a lot of people out there that say, you know, follow your passion. But in your opinion, how practical is that advice? Because not, I don't know if everyone can follow their passion. Then I mean, are there people that are passionate about uh, being a builder or cleaning toilets or working as a chef? I, I don't know. Yes, there, there are. But is there enough people to sustain these jobs if everyone's following their passion?
0: No, exactly. I don't. Th- yeah, this is a really, mm. a really interesting discussion, Brim, because I think not everyone is born to be an entrepreneur, mm. to create new things, to accept enormous risk—financial risk and you know career risk—in going alone. So I'm not, and and also there isn't. Necessarily a million different ideas and a million different businesses that need to be put out into the world yeah you know there's ink that every industry can incrementally improve, and that requires entrepreneurs and enterprising individuals to go out there and test the status quo so we absolutely enjoy the benefit of of you know risky creative mm. um, people with high conviction challenging the way life lives, trying to take cost out of the system, do things more efficiently, do things simpler, add more value, richer experiences. But I don't believe everyone is built to take that risk and be that creative. That said, um, I do think it's within our gift to be passionate about life. And if you think about how many hours you're at work, and if you have a job that you don't enjoy, or you haven't found how to enjoy it, that's a significant part of your time. Not only the hours you're there, the hours you're commuting there, the hours you're thinking about it at home, the anxiety of having to do something you haven't done. Yeah. And that can just can consume your whole week. And that job now becomes this reluctant, painful, means to an end thing that then leeches from the moments when you're not working. So then you're not enjoying your not working yeah. time and your downtime <laughs> and that i think happens for far too many people And i've been in those jobs where it's all consuming whether it's the work that's all consuming or the thought of the work it's 24 7 do you know what i mean yeah but i do believe that it's how you frame it so it'd be great for us to say that everyone can do whatever they want whenever they want right only do the things that make you happy but it would be, it'd be unrealistic advice because yeah. everyone has to do things that feel like work.
1: Every job has something that you don't want to do, right?
0: Exactly. I do things every day that I don't yeah. like doing, but it's part of the job. But I, I think you can if you have a bigger goal, like a happiness goal or a uh, you know material goal or you know experience type goals that you want to have, and you think about the bigger picture, like what's really important to you? Is it your family? Is it those moments together when you're laughing and you're enjoying life in the sunshine? You know, many things are free, right? Many of the best things in life are free. But how can you frame your life, both work and non-work, such that when you do the quote-unquote work, you can somehow use it? Yeah. Like, for example, there's a guy called Aubrey Marcus, Um, who owns Mm Onit.com, And he talks about being in the corporate lane for quite a lot of his career. And he accepted a job that he knew was going to be really, really painful because he'd worked for that employee uh, employer a year or so ago. But he decided to take it on, this time not getting bought into the fact he had an arsehole of a boss and the pressure's going to be intense. And he knows he's not built to do that work at that company instead he needed the money he had a bigger goal in terms of what he wanted to create both in terms of a business and a, a life for himself and he then looked at that same job and it was a means to an end it was transitional in his mind it was like okay i'm going to turn up to that job every day and i'm going to learn and develop skills like learn how not to manage people yeah learn how not to create a pressure cooker learn how not to just be focused on time versus Outcomes in terms of people's productivity. Um, You know, learn about customer acquisition and customer retention. You know, just look at this as an experience of learning versus an experience of pain. And he was able to get through it. And all the time, second, you know, outside of that, focus on what he was trying to build for himself. Yeah. And leverage both the money and experience to build the knowledge, wisdom, and capital to go and do his other thing. Again, not saying that everyone needs to have an ambition to start their own company. Yeah. But can you look at your job as a means to fuel and or learn from to create a better experience outside of your work?
1: And that's where you get the benefits from working for a big um, corporate business or work for the man. So,
0: um,
1: I'm always interested in the conversation of um, AI as well. Um, So obviously that's artificial intelligence that could, potentially take on the jobs that we don't want to do the monotonous jobs that are really boring yeah you can make that um kind of work to our advantage i think a lot of people are worried that they're going to always take our jobs matter of fact i feel like it would actually create more jobs because these would be doing this the jobs that we don't want to do and it will allow us to be more creative follow our passion do what we want to do um, and obviously with the internet, we can work remotely from home, create our own day, like our own routine, and I just think that it's only going to get better and not worse, um, whereas I think a lot of people kind of have this scarcity mindset when it comes to AI.
0: Well, it's, it is interesting because if you think of firms like Amazon, yeah, they their mission is pretty simple. Yeah, the biggest retail experience in the world, right? Yeah. Own retail and own it all the way to the client. So mm-hmm. own shipping as well. And it's a big deal. They're investing yeah. massively in international shipping and owning owning ships to be able to move stuff around and mm. drones and all that kind of stuff. Um, but they have cannibalized many, many markets. Mm. They've cannibalized the high street, all the employees working in many of these mm. places that no longer have a sustainable,
2: yeah. you know,
0: business model because Amazon have just completely pissed all over it, they've cannibalised the warehouse worker because most of their warehouses are completely robotic. Are they? Yeah, from, you know, fulfilling, an order comes in, being picked, fulfilled, packed, and out to the door is almost exclusively automated now in these warehouses. They're all about efficiency. All machines and robots. So that's one example Mm. of robots and computers replacing labour And ever would be just things like, when I used to work, like data entry, we had a team of people who would just receive hard copy forms and And type that into the system so we can then use that data. It was fraught with errors. It was slow. You had to keep that person focused for eight hours a day. It was mind-numbingly boring. Data entry, entry I'm sure, still exists in pockets, but it's becoming... uh, a less needed skill because yeah. we're just keeping everything yeah. electronic from the beginning to the end. So you don't need to have this translation between hard copy to soft copy. Um, and then you think about, you know, some of the food industries around how food's being made us so again, that's been automated. So there is a hell of a lot of automation mm-hmm. and you're right. It's taking the monoton- monotonous jobs, picking and packing out the hands of
1: yeah. people
0: and into the, you know, into the hands of more reliable robots.
1: Well, it's just the it's more the low low skilled job, isn't it? That they're taking over, um, leaving us to do the more complex stuff that we can, where we need creativity.
0: And you, you and and, and yeah, so up, I, d- I don't think you're right. I don't think this cannibalization of certain industries by these mm. mega companies or these cannibal, the cannibalization of certain types of job through us just being smarter and using technology is a bad thing. But it does mean that everyone has to up their game. Yeah. Like everyone needs to up their game and needs to find what their value is, um, because just the turning up mindlessly doing stuff type jobs are starting to shrink.
1: But the more uh, the more niche jobs are now being created, aren't they? People are getting very niche in what they do and what they know, uh, becoming very specialised. So that's quite cool, I think.
0: It's 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 exciting, man. But going back to the point, this idea of you know. 20-year-olds now, 15-year-olds thinking my, you know, my goal is to retire by, by the time I'm 30. And by retire, I don't mean not work. Yeah. I mean not have to work for someone else and have... Having
1: the freedom to do what you actually Either don't
0: work do. and live frugally off your investments or devote all your passion to something which doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Like, at Adam Nation thus far, there's a few things that feel like work, but mostly I feel like I'm just having a ball. Yeah. Because it's something I'm just so excited about mm. and I've got so much I want to learn and develop and then share that out there with the world that this doesn't feel like a burden. Yeah. And if I can monetize that, that for me that, that doesn't feel like work. Mm. Uh it's really interesting man. I, I, and we'll just close on that point. You are you know, you've been self-employed for what, 10 years mm. Thereabouts?
1: No, no, no. Um self uh, no, I've actually been self-employed for only the last Four years now, I think. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: Exclusively self-employed. Yeah.
1: Well. Yeah. Because. Um, yeah, I was working in a few gyms before that, and I've done a few other things. So yeah, being self-employed is probably about four years now. You
0: wouldn't have it uh, any other way, right? For yourself. I, I,
1: yeah, I I always struggled working for someone. I just never, I just never liked the idea of being like micromanaged and having to be somewhere. Like having my control my own diary, I absolutely love it. Although I, I still need to improve um, my diary and work on my day on my routine, I, I I just love the fact that I have control. Like when I when I'm going on holiday, my friends will say they need to ask their boss to get time off. You don't need to. Y- yes, you don't get paid, but it you know as long as you you don't need to ask someone else for that permission and i think that's the best bit about it yeah it's brilliant it's brilliant yeah, I c- and you can be creative
0: as creative as you want with your day but obviously as it's down to you you know as you grow your business if your business then demands you to not be your business but to own your business so yeah. now you've got people doing some of the work so you can be an owner and mm-hmm. be a be the person that directs um, the then, business. then that, then that pressure then reenters now because yeah. now you've got the responsibility of others. Yeah. But whilst you're a individual contributor, self employed person, mm. you've got maximum flexibility. Yeah. You won't have maximum uh, income. Mm. You know that 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 model could be improved upon by going to work for someone with a more stable hiring uh, salary, or you could grow your business by having people underneath you and create automation and you know expand it but either end of those spectrums becomes more restrictive yeah do you know what I mean yeah, you're yeah. at the point of maximum flexibility because you haven't got anyone to report to and or manage
1: yeah but then you also have you're the you're at the end of the line you have to answer all the questions and you can't turn to anyone else
0: it's not uh, it's not maximally scalable either right you, you have to be you have to be wearing every single hat at the moment yeah. which is a challenge right yeah. you've got to do the accounting through to you've got to be putting programs together. Through to you've got to do your customer service, yeah. and you've got to be the sales guy, and you've got to you know you got to do everything to make it work, and that's yeah. got to be a challenge at times, right? Uh,
1: yeah, I think the the hardest bit when I started on my own was trying to acquire all those skills that you need in order to run a business because it's multi dimensional. It's not just you have to be a good personal trainer. You have to be good at communicating. You have to. Um, Obviously, be good at marketing, diary management, you know, um, even things like uh, social media. There's all these different elements that you have to start getting good at. Mm. Um, speak being a speaker. I mean, I did a just a, a local talk, but even then, I was like, I'm probably going to have to do a little bit more of this public speaking because I've never done it before. But it's a good way of getting in front of people and getting my message out there. So there's just so many different avenues you can go down, but there's so many things that you need to pick up and learn, all whilst trying to be, you know, a good personal trainer, be good at your actual job. Yeah. So there's and I guess you're obviously learning this as well, aren't you? That you've got so many things that you need to to learn. It just becomes can become overwhelming.
0: Yeah. And so therefore I'm not trying to discourage the idea of it. You know, on one hand I'm You know, super excited about people that have the balls to get after it. But I think the key ingredient that makes it work or not work, Mm. and you know, that willingness to put yourself through that risk and pain and growth, is you just got to have something you're really passionate about to to, to leap into that. Because if you're really passionate about what you're trying to create or what you're trying to deliver or offer, then all those jobs that support that vision become a bit easier because there's a purpose and a reason behind it. And you still believe that what you're doing is good.
1: Yeah, oh, that's a good point, mate. Because if you're not passionate about it, you're not going to stick to it long enough to carry it through. Because when you're, it's hard being self employed. There's so many things that you need to do. And if you're not passionate about it, you're only going to do it for so long until you're a bit like, oh, this just isn't worth it. There's
0: a lot of people that get opportunistic and go, oh, plumbers make a lot of money or yeah. sparkies make a lot of money, you know. Bricklayers uh, make a lot of money, or whatever it is, whatever you know the trade or idea is, or there's a lot of fidgets mm. spinners uh, yeah. you know bought right now. Or vaping seems to be hot. Mm. Right, why don't I start a business that sells one of those products, or why don't I become a tradesman because you know for a hot minute everyone's buying that shit. So yeah. let me get on it. Let me get on the bandwagon. Um, whilst that can make sense and you can make some money, um, I think you got to start with is this what i want to do yeah. is is this is this does this float my boat does it get me excited if you get really excited about vaping and you think it's the future and you want to create a healthier society because yeah. you believe it's healthier than cigarettes and you want to research and get all in on it and find the best products and you know promote it market it go for it but if you want to do it because you've seen everyone else is selling it and for some reason you know it's it's hot right and now you money, want to be on, you yeah. want to be in on it I think that's the wrong reason to get yeah. involved. Do you know what I mean? You
1: you have to add value first, and then obviously the money will the money will come. The you if you've got enough um, enough drive, enough passion, and then that will obviously turn into something, right? And you'll add value. You'll figure a way of of adding value. Once you do that, then the money will come and then you have a business because it starts with a passion and then you you obviously build that value. Whereas a lot of people look at the money first and they go, oh yeah, the vaping industry has a lot of money in there. Um, I'm going to start doing that. Or yeah, like you say, Sparky's, they own good money and they're looking Uh, at that first.
0: There's a vape vape shop that's just opened up around the corner from us. He's the guy that also owns the milkshake shop. Oh, is he? Yeah. Yeah. So like he's on to the on trend things right but you know these things are on trend i don't think they're going to stay on trend right like anything you know anything that's super trendy yeah ends up becoming yesteryear Mm -hmm. not you know yeah before too long so again anyway i i just interesting Mm -hmm. um i think we should all all aspire to be passionate about what we do whether it's exiting corporate roles go follow something that you want to create so work and life is one thing Mm -hmm. or enjoy the jobs that you select that you have to work for others get hopefully the best job that supports your skills and your passion hopefully selling or being promoting something that you and that means something to you yeah but if you're going to be a salaried employee think about that work being something that you it helps you learn and develop so then you can devote the rest of your time to areas that really excite you. That you maybe are just a hobby, or an or an area that creates happiness. Yeah. But you just it doesn't need to be a burden if you look at it that way. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Right. So we've got two questions mm. for today that mm. uh, have kind of been bubbling in the surface and or things that we've both been interested in. So let's go through them. That we're going to talk about. Um, the perfect day or my pursuit for the perfect day. And then a second kind of question or debate is going to be around social media addiction. Yeah. You up for that?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Cool. So th- th- this
1: is actually a goal of yours, isn't it? To, to, to get as close to getting a 10 out of 10 day as often as possible. Um, I mean, we all want that, right? Why wouldn't we? But there's... I can see how you're trying to construct this, this routine um, to, to automate your day and make it as easy as possible to make you as productive as possible. Um, and it's really bringing it to light. And me seeing that is inspiring me a little bit to go, actually, you know what? I need to sort my shit out and I need to make sure that my day runs better and I'm not just kind of going through the motions. Um, and I can actually construct and be a little bit more creative in the way that I do that. Um, so yeah I'm gonna be interested to see what you say about how you sort of build your day
0: yeah well look uh, you know let's just start by saying that I am I am not perfect I have many many demons actually the reason why this is a conversation mm. is that I started questioning whether I could actually do this self-employed thing work for myself because I was finding I was So inefficient, so ineffective at controlling a day and getting things done that I had hoped to get done. Yeah. Because when you remove the external accountability of someone who's paying you, wants you to show up at a certain time, produce these reports, turn up to these meetings, you know, get on these forecast calls, go see your clients. Go help educate your, peer, your, your the people you're working with. Do all these things that are part of your job spec. A good employer will give you, give you those expectations, mm. provide you with any kind of training, and then let you do it, give you autonomy. And I've enjoyed autonomy. I've always known I work best when you leave me alone. Mm. Enable me. Be clear on what you need from me and let me use my creativity and my enthusiasm and my hard work to just get it done and that served me well so i thought the transition to not having someone else expect anything from me would shift. be straightforward because i'm you know i'm in control i'm mm. i'm autonomous turns out um that shift was kind of making me think am i lazy am i in, is i've got an innate laziness yeah. that that overrides if I haven't got other people asking me to do stuff because I I, you know I was finding myself you know wake up I might wake up at eight or nine o'clock eight eight o'clock probably maybe even half seven but then I would piss around for an hour and a half yeah and then I think okay right so I've had my food let me get to the gym gym's important let me do the gym first but you know, I'm lucky. I don't need to go to the gym at six. I go to the gym when I'm ready.
1: You're kind of going, I, I should be doing something. I should but
0: yeah, productive. I've got to do my gym because it's connected to adaptation. It's important. So yeah, do that first and then i get the other stuff done. So I might not hit the gym until half nine and then I might not get wrapped up until half 11 because I've been too slow in the gym. I've been thinking about other stuff. I've been trying to multitask do the gym and be creative, put stuff on the whiteboard. So then, okay, so I finished my workout by midday. And then, okay, well, I need to have my post-workout stuff. And then, like, literally, all said and done, after a shower and stuff, there was days, I, you know, this hasn't been going on for too long, because I haven't been on, long on adaptation, but there would be days I wouldn't get started until, like, half one. Mm. And then between half one and half five, six, I'd be pissing around on social media, and I'd be flitting, and my mind would be full, and I'd be constantly confused and getting little quality work done.
1: Things always get in the way, go wrong. And
0: this hasn't been going on too long to be, hey, this is not correctable, mm-hmm. but it's been going on long enough for me to think I ain't gonna make any money like this. And I'm not gonna make any difference if I can't get my yeah. shit together. You know what I mean? So I've been I've been having these kind of like reflective thoughts of like Is it is it a pipe dream that I can manage myself and manage the expectations of myself to produce good work and make a difference and create a business and have all the faculties and skills to do that as well as the time management and by the way get have have my cake and eat it which is have a life yeah right because i've not you know i've yeah. worked my nuts off up until now you know for the last 15 20 years i have i've have just instinctively worked late every night i've told you before i right? yeah. Yeah chronic abuse of sleep and you know if something's in my mind I've got to keep playing it keep playing through and working it through so some you know the many many nights I wouldn't go to bed until two o'clock in the morning because I've got something I'm working on and the phones have stopped ringing the emails have stopped coming through people have gone to bed at home and now I could do work so yeah I've just been contemplating whether I can get my shit together if I can own my day Mm. and then that started me thinking Actually, the concept of owning my day is quite profound. Yes, you've got to have a vision, like a broader mission. Mm. Um, Something that directs your day, week, and monthly activities towards, right? I want to do this by X day. I want to create this for the world, whatever, what have you. And it's easy to get drawn into, okay, I've got to have all those big pieces clear in my mind so I know where to put the effort. At the, at the other end of the spectrum, those vision, that vision, mission, and objective requires ownership of each and every day, right? Mm. Because if you're not owning that day, if you're only turning up thirty percent of the time each day, well, that just compounds on itself, and you are you are getting nowhere fast. And that's kind of where I felt I was. I felt like I had a clarity of what I wanted achieve long yeah. term but in the short term I'm fucking it up every single yeah. day do you know just what I mean just being
1: inefficient
0: which is then constantly. starting me then yeah. think like maybe I can't do this maybe I can't achieve the lofty goals I want because I can't get my shit together today mm. forget tomorrow or next week or next month today is fucked mm. so and
1: it's kind of it's, it's you almost have to accept that though at the beginning because it's all new it's all new to you isn't it so you're going to be inefficient I mean, you can... After a while, it's all just going to click into place and you're going to, you know, get more efficient and learn what you need to do with each and everything. Yes
0: and no. You will get more efficient.
1: Things like not start fucking up, though.
0: you're going to need to own your diary. So here's, here's, here's the kind of aha moment. Mm. Is I know... And it kind of made me have to realise my own personality. I think a lot of us are like this. But I'd like schedule automation and predictability i like to systematize things i remember my very first job that was actually reminiscent about yesterday as i had messages from people that i used to work with there mm. it's like we used to do the same process hundreds of times a day and i couldn't i just couldn't handle it i couldn't handle having to think about that process every time and do stuff that seemed like I could have streamlined those things. If it yeah. could be streamlined, automated, put a macro to that, you know, oh, automate certain part, I want to do that because I just want to do and I want to do well. And it made me realize that I get I get decision fatigue. I get overwhelmed. I've got a really busy mind and I get um I get this overwhelm that can creep up as early as first thing in the morning. If I'm not, if I'm having to think about what I'm going to do that day, how I'm going to do it, which of the things I'm going to do, you know, what order, you know, what do I do versus not do? When do I need to get that done by? When should I start something else? All these questions.
1: It's all these little decisions, aren't they? That what, to
0: what, you know, looking at social media, yeah. speaking to the kids, you know, all these things that are f- overly flexible, mm. then created just, this haze of confusion which creates inefficiency so that's kind of that that aha moment of like I know what I'm doing wrong I'm not following my guiding principles that I followed in every other job which is get the fucking mundane stuff automated create a system a repeatable paint by numbers picture of that job
2: Hmm.
0: and then just go do it because then I can spend more time doing it versus thinking about it yeah. People often talk about you know write a list so you can you know clear your mind. This is similar, but it's it's more about scheduling. If I can schedule, organize, and prethink what I need to do and how I need to do and the important things I need to do, then I need to just just go show up and do those yeah. things. And that's what I've been doing. I I've, I've been in the pursuit over the last two weeks since I got back from Australia to start thinking about what a perfect day would look like you know if I asked you Bryn what would you rather have a 5 out of 10 day or a 10 out of 10 day what would you choose 10 out of 10 it's obvious you would choose a 10 out of 10 so then why don't you have a 10 out of 10 day do you have a 10 out of 10 day every day
1: no I I I probably get a 10 out of 10 day every now and then and you're you get so much done and it just lifts your mood and you feel amazing because you know you've you've done everything that you needed to do with that day and you're on you're, fire you're done with it and you sit down at the end of the day yeah. and you just feel satisfied you've done everything that you needed to do and you're done with it but I don't get that often enough I tend to sit down and I'm going I should have done that no it's late now. I've am finished i am finished I should just relax otherwise I'm going to be up late or whatever but you're constantly having this battle in your mind and you're going, you know what, I just, if I had a productive day, right now I wouldn't be having this conversation. But when you have a 10 out of 10 day, you don't have that conversation and it it just makes you feel so much more relaxed and happier. So it's trying to find that 10 out of 10 day more often, getting in more frequently.
0: That's right. Well, for me, a perfect day isn't just about getting stuff done. Really, everything's about emotion, right? It's about feeling. It's about feeling that you've given to yourself. You've experienced good moments with your with people that you love and care for. And you've been productive. And you've grown, right? It's just like all that mixed into one. And, you know, bonus points, I've been healthy. Right? Yeah. I feel like I'm living vitally. I'm, I'm, I'm thriving today. Yeah. And I have experienced those moments by accident. Where you feel like you're on fire, and you can happens, and you yeah. can remember those days. That mm. those days are quite clear in your mind. Like, wow, I remember I remember that day when just like I was, you know, a social butterfly, communicating with everyone. And they're the better days, not getting fifty things done on your list. Mm. So then that got me thinking. Okay, so what would a perfect day look like for me? What what things are important to me? I I want to try and control my work hours. I want to start and stop at a t- you know at times that are reasonable for me. Yeah. Number two, I want to give to myself in the morning because I know if I can give myself to the more give myself properly in the morning, I can there therefore be more productive. Yeah. So what is my kind of warm up schedule that gets my digestion going, gets my brain going? gets my heart moving, gets me energized and ready.
2: Yeah,
0: And then the, la- the last thing before the work stuff is time and connection with my kids. My kids go to bed at eight o'clock at night. I want to see them, but I want to be present. I don't want to be in the room, but checking my phone and thinking about the 10 what other things I to need do. to do as soon as you go to bed. Mm-hmm. And or ignore them, and or shout them because they're just irritating me because my mind's elsewhere. Mm. Like no, I I need to be more present as a dad. I really do. So they're the things. So like, if I can manage those, and then in in the work hours, get the things done need to be done, which are the investment stuff, like you know the strategies, the business models, the plans, the creating of products, the big chunky valuable activities, the operate activities, you know, the things that just need to be done, right? You know, the writing of the blogs, that, you know, the the food diaries, the things that we do at Adam Nation of Podcasting, that's I would call them operate. They're all valuable, but i now in an operational state, but they need to be done. Have to be done, yeah. And then other things that I'm not doing that but should do that could, you know, add freshness and uh, some new life into what we're trying to create. And that's all within the work hours. Mm. So then that got me thinking, okay, if I could if I could, write up from 6 till, say, 10 th- 6 a.m. to 10.30 at night, what that day would look like. Mm. What's my morning routine? What are the productivity blocks between the working hours I want to work? What does my evening look like? Accepting and being pragmatic, there's going to be a little bit of work slotted in there because I've got to do some social media stuff. And that's basically what I've done. I've put it up on... Um, as a as a summary of my thinking in my latest body journal. But I've just done that in 15-minute increments. I've uh, put together my morning ritual. It's quite a long, drawn-out ritual, but it's what makes me happy. Wake up at 6 in the morning. First thing I do is hydrate because you've lost so much water and you're dehydrated at night. So I want to get electrolytes into my body and I have some lemon because that starts the it starts the digestion moving. So I'll grab that first thing in the morning. Then I want to do, so I want to get some light into my body. So that'll be some human charger light therapy earbuds and get out in the sunshine if there is sunshine. i do some rebounding. So that's jumping on a trampoline for a few minutes. That G-force change of gravitational unloading wakes up the lymph system which is highly correlated to your immune system health so i do that i do a little bit of meditation just 10 minutes just get my head clear deep breathing just again get that calm and clarity so i'm not busy and confused yeah. you know i then do a cold shower and I, and i've grown to love cold showers and we'll talk about that some other time but i've literally it's like Almost the most enjoyable part of my day now is that r- vital that vital feeling of putting yourself through acute stress that wakes the body up and just fires you up like nothing else I do. I grab some healthy fats. I have a workout and a proper hard workout, a little bit of food, and I start my day. Now, that's, for me, three-odd hours. Hmm. But... It could it could be much less because I'm building some time for me to wake up and my brain to start functioning properly. You know, I can't just get out of bed and just start. But that could be crammed into two. It could be crammed in, yeah, probably two because I work out as well. It could be crammed into a short period of time. The most important thing is I'm doing what I need to do to make me buzz for the rest of the day. Yeah. So I've 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 thought I put so much effort into what does that morning routine look like? How can I multitask and get as much of that done as quickly as possible? And then I started architecting the back end. And the back end is, I want to finish work at 6.30. I want to spend a good hour with the kids before they have to go to bed. Mm. I want to spend some time with Michelle. I want to put some telly on. You know, I've I've relegated telly to something I seldom do. I've got a Netflix account. We've got billions to watch. We've got Master Chef. We've got things we like watching. Yeah. And I'm not watching them. And I know... It's not necessarily productive time, but it is because it's allowing me time to Switch decompress. Yeah. So I want to get some telly in, and ideally I want to go to bed early enough so I get my eight hours of sleep, and I probably do a little bit of reading in bed before I drift off. Mm. So I then architected a six thirty to ten thirty. Like, what does that look like? Ideally, what would I be doing?
2: Mm.
0: And then the last thing I done is I then started to work in between, you know, the yeah. nine to six o'clock. How do I fill the workday? Yeah. How do I break that down into? manageable chunks of focus broken up with moments to do lighter work and or eat and or chill and move around so I'm not you know I can maximize my Mm. my, my focus and I tell you what Bryn it's made I've been I've been running through this and trying to create a habit of this which is going to take time for the last week or so week and a half and I have had the most productive time probably of my life I'm feeling amazing because I'm giving myself everything I need to feel good. Yeah, I've kind of like codified what feeling good feels like for me, mm-hmm. which is different from everyone. But I've realized what makes me feel good and I'm doing it. Two, um, I'm getting more creative, much more creative than, than I've ever been before. When I get to my desk after doing the, those, mm. that morning routine, I'm like, give me the hardest thing. I'm up for it. Mm. I'm now looking at my weekends where I'm extending the same kind of concept to the weekends, just kind of moving the, moving the stuff around a bit and not having work because I'm yeah. not building work in. And it means that that work void is now can now be filled in with, let's get super productive on us having fun. Like what can we do to make sure we in, take ownership of our Saturdays, really enjoy the experience, yeah. get out more, okay, there's stuff around the garden I need to do. Heavy lifting, bullshit stuff that you don't want to do. I've got energy to do it. like I want to do it because I'm seeing the extra benefit of being outside. I'm like, I'm fine. You're
1: torn with the stuff that you haven't done in the week. Exactly, because I'm
0: carrying all the load from from Monday to Friday, right. which I haven't done as well. So it's just a beautiful thing. And then from there, I've been able to create a week schedule of like, what does Monday to Sunday look like? What are regular scheduled things that I can create external accountability towards which say steve you've got to show up on a monday morning and do this specific task mm-hmm. on a wednesday you've got to do your podcasting on a friday you've got to do your editing you know create some like non-negotiable slots so i have to do those things yeah and that again adds some accountability so i have to show up and do it and i don't yeah. have to think about doing it and i i hope that creating this structure but being pragmatic and flexible with it when i need to will just mean that i can just get more good stuff done yeah and things and, and life, end right? the day happy
1: yeah you know it's like like with the weekends you you're you're doing what you want to do on the weekend and you're not feeling like weekends are just for catching up for the things you haven't done during the week um i i've experienced this i'm sure a lot of other people have where the weekends always feel like you're just catching up on house chores and doing all the things that you haven't done.
0: Oh, you yeah. admin stuff of admin life, right? Stuff. That you need to do. Yeah. yeah,
1: and then your weekends get consumed. By Monday you are tired because you've you've just sort of you know done all these little things and jobs and taxed your your mind with with these jobs on the weekend. Whereas actually if you're really productive Monday through to Friday and you know how to get the best out of your day and you might allow some extra time to do house chores and things like that then the weekends you free them up a lot more or you free up like you say your evenings and it's trying to figure out it's obviously working out your day isn't it because my my day is constructed differently because i work with clients so i sometimes i work early sometimes i'm working late but it's trying to manage that so that my days look as similar as possible um, each week. So Mondays look the same each week.
0: Yeah, I think like, that's what will work for you, Bryn, right? Because you've got, you know, most of your clients are fairly regular, right? Yeah. So you you know you've got X amount of clients that, you know, you've got their name to that own these slots of your diary during the week. Yeah. You can build around those, which I know you've done to some degree already, but taking it to the next level is to say, what would my perfect day and perfect week look like, yeah right, which means that me and Lisa spend time with each other, I get to learn and develop, I get to give maximally to my clients, I get to do some stuff on the business and the back end I need to do um I give to myself i've I've got vitality, yeah, and I enter into the into Saturday Sunday where it's all about us just enjoying our one life that we have do you know How many what I mean time, yeah and um. I'm going through this mindfulness stuff at the moment. And um, there's one of the packs on Headspace which are asking exactly that question is around prioritization. And it sounds like a bit impractical, but the question is valid. The question is, if this was the last day that you had, what would you do? And would you do the things that are on your list? The point is, Not to go and drop all the things you have to do, Mm. and only live, you know, and just go fuck it all off and just go (laughs) sit in a park all day. It's not about that. That isn't the intent of the question. The question is more around: This was your last day. From getting the most out of it, Mm. are you doing? Are you choosing to do the things that will bring you the most joy, satisfaction, and growth? And are there things on your list you don't actually need to do? They just somehow f- found their way onto your list and you feel obliged to do them because yeah. they're there. You know, are the things you're wasting your time on? And I think if, one, you can ask that question every day combined with you put just a bit of time in to say, what would the ideal day look like? Again, I'm, I'm not promoting the idea of, you know, this maniacal, anally retentive, you know, manage my time to the minute because I can't do that. I'm yeah. I'm really shit timekeeper. But what I can do is work within some rules. And what I love to do is remove the thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? So then I have more time for that thinking power Mm -hmm. to not be exhausted on pointless decisions I have to make every single day. Yeah. And instead, take those fucking decisions Mm -hmm. out and use that mental power and capacity to do stuff that really matters, which is thinking about my family and how I can make them happy and thinking about how I can be productive and add value at the work that I do. The way
1: I I see how you've done it, differently to how I've done it, you've, by the sounds of things, you've more macro-managed your day and I've always tried to micro-manage my day. And what I mean by that is I've always tried to set a task for a specific time and I'd never get it done in that time. So I would say, okay, well, I have clients from... 9 a.m. till 12 p.m., and then at 1, I'm going to work, and, and I I'll, I'll plan out each hour exactly what I'm going to do, and then 2 o'clock, I'm going to do my admin work, um, and and I'll put down specific tasks, which, which works. And, and I know you've done that to an extent, but like you said, you have to have a degree of flexibility, and you can't put it down to the minute, which I was actually doing, and it was a big mistake because it was... It was unmanageable because it was like things were just taking longer than I expected. And you just,
0: dis- you continuously disappoint yourself. Yeah. When you set expectations you can't keep.
1: Yeah.
0: It's very demoralizing, both if you're managing someone, yeah. but it's equally as demoralizing if you're trying to manage yourself. Yeah. Like, I'll give you an example. I run off a linear list, or I have done, a default to an idea of just a big, long list of stuff to do. Yeah. Um, which is the most lazy way to manage to do lists, and I know if I get more organized, I start breaking that list out into the types of work it is, yeah, and I start breaking it out in terms of what needs to be done today, what needs to be done you know this week, next week, what have you, and that kind of works, and then I kind of fall back into the old habits. what I'm trying to do now um in 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 creating the morning ritual and the evening kind of secure time for my family in the time that I work, I've broken it down into three productivity blocks mm-hmm. bro- uh, and, and they're kind of um, bookended with breaks. And within those productivity blocks, the idea is that I want to do, I want to contribute to one big thing. And this one big thing isn't said and done in necessarily that one sitting. Mm. It might be a big project for you know my business, but I'm going to do, commit to one piece of a big thing Every day I'm gonna do maybe two medium activities, and what I mean by these is I know that they're they're gonna you know maybe some researching for a a blog or it's um um putting together an advert that might take an hour yeah it's something that's probably gonna take me thirty minutes to an hour, and then I'm gonna sign up to doing maybe three or four small things that might only take me just a few minutes each. But it's context switching, which is the yeah. challenge, right? So if I say, okay, I'm going to do one, maybe two big things, and I use that, do them first thing in the day because that's when I've got maximum kind of mental capacity. You know, after lunch, I probably do a few small little things because it's just it's easy to just like tick off and get get the idea of momentum and tick off yeah. easy stuff, and then I'll use the back end block to do do a few medium things or I'll go back to a, a a difficult thing, a thing that requires my brain power. But the idea is that I'm trying to take some of the expectation off of me, instead of having this endless, unlimited list of things to do, and having to choose in a moment what I'm going to do and when and how, instead I'm saying, okay, the night before, and I've kind of give myself, you know, just 20 minutes or 15 minutes at the end of each day, decide what your one big thing is, your two medium things are, and your three small things you're going to do. And if I I only do those things, do you know what? I could have done a lot more and it would have been great if I could have been five times more productive. Yeah. But if I can just do those things, I'll feel like I've had a good day. Mm. You know, I've written my body journal blog. I've researched about something important and I've written, you know, a, a micro blog about some wellness concept. And then I've responded to a couple of people, incoming and outgoing emails I need to do, and I've done a bit of social media. If that that was my day yesterday, and I was satisfied with that because that's all I expected from myself. Yeah. There was one other thing I wanted on wanted to do that I didn't get to. That's cool. I put it onto today. But it's not having this kind of endless list that just goes from I didn't do it today, so cut it out of today and put it into tomorrow. With all the other things I thought I was going to do tomorrow, yeah, and then on Wednesday it avalanches to an even bigger list, and Thursday it's huge, yeah. That would stress me out. It does stress me out. Mm. So I'm trying to find ways to take the, sh- the expectation off myself, yet still create high accountability for outcomes and productivity.
1: Yeah, so you're basically picking from that list, and you're you're plugging that into where you've compartmentalized um, your day to to that um, those tasks, right? So rather than just putting mindlessly putting things from your list into that, you know, on into your day and figuring out what actually needs doing, what what are the things that need to be prioritized and what are the things that are like low level things I don't need to worry about right now. And a lot of it is prioritizing what you do, right?
0: And some of the things on your list you don't even need to do. You would have had an idea in one moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I should do that. Put it down. You put it on the list and you feel, comm- you feel, because it's on the list, you have to do it.
1: Yeah.
0: Even though you're not. So I'm trying to get into the habit of asking that question. Like, okay, that's been on my list for a week. It's been relegated to the, you know, the yeah. overflow bucket. That's where I'll pull from. I haven't done it. I haven't prioritized it. And I've got other things I still need to do. Do I even still need that? Or was that a really low value activity, get rid of it, freeze up my mind a little bit. So look, I am no expert at time management. I actually think I'm really bad at time management, Mm. but I'm trying to put the the structure around myself. Yeah. So um, I can just hold my feet to the fire a bit and give myself enough expectation, but enough flexibility and enough kind of um, care for myself enough so I get to the end of the day and feel both grateful and satisfied. And that's ultimately it, right? Mm-hmm. You want to get to the end of every day and feel, that was a, that was a good, day. Good, good day. That was a good day. I've got a balance of all the things that I care and love, you know, whether it's family, working out, health, vitality, food, good productive work, whatever it is, I've done all those things sufficiently and I've maintained a calmness and a clarity and I haven't got overly wound up and I haven't allowed situations to stress me out. Mm-hmm. I've kept a calm focus. Yeah. And, you know, meditation helps, breathing helps, working yeah. out helps, getting some downtime without electronics at the night helps, going to bed early enough, reading helps. All these things can help create that calmness. But what also helps is removing some of the thinking and creating a structure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I I do, actually, I see this a lot with a lot of my clients. They have a lot of uh, mental fatigue. And to be fair, I've probably struggled this myself. And by structuring your day, it just takes out the thinking and takes out decision making. And your willpower is much stronger because of it, because... You don't get to the end of the day, and go oh screw it. I'm just gonna, you know, I can't be bothered to say no anymore and eat the chocolate bar. So it's just taking away and giving your yourself back that power.
0: You should try it, Bryn. You should try it.
1: Yeah, you've. I mean, look, I've I've had a look at your structure and I thought, yeah, there's a few ideas there, um, and I need to do it on a more macro scale like that. I need to write it down and compartmentalize my day a bit better, I think, rather than just aimlessly putting tasks into my day and not quite meeting them.
0: Adaptation. And I'll tell you another reason why this, this has become a thing for me, um, which really touches on the second question, which is up until January of 2018, for the most part, I had not touched social media, ever. Like, I had a Facebook account.
1: You're quite new to it still, really, aren't you?
0: I had a Twitter account. I had LinkedIn. LinkedIn I used a lot, but it was really only for business. So it was really around um, being able to um, qualify and uh, prospect because <laughs> every businessman is is on there, so I can find who I need to call and speak yeah. to or learn about but facebook and twitter I may mean, like I dipped into it once or twice throughout the last 5 to 8 years but really I just ignored them and they were just and, and I'd see them as purely um something that takes away from me time yeah. that I could otherwise spend either not thinking chilling out or being productive or spending time with my family this idea yeah. that I'm just going to Mindlessly look at pointless updates for me it was like I don't need this in my life, so I avoided it mm. obviously adaptation is all about uh, you know new technology and it's all about engaging online, which absolutely is about leveraging social media platforms yeah and i'm I got excited about learning about this space and using these tools, but they are designed beautifully for maximum addictive out- outcomes. Yeah. Like from the smallest things like mm. the badge that keeps popping up. You know, there's always an update. Yeah. Even if or there's not an update, there's a yeah. fucking update. You know not, and I, mean? I go on it just to get rid of it.
1: Exactly. And then I get drawn in.
0: Exactly. But that's comp- they know that. It's either yeah. you want it or you want to get rid of it. And things like, you know, like when you, you go onto your, your, and your feed – and you have to pull down and it thinks about what to show you. Yeah, They could have that immediately refresh. But they hold that two, three second lag time, not because their internet's not fast enough. It's because they want to build the suspense of did I get a new update? Mm. Have I had a new like? Is there new comments? And then on top of that, I've been trying to learn like how to use it from a business perspective, right? How to engage in a way which is not overly salesy, not over-demanding, not too preachy, but at the same time, consistent enough so people know that I'm adding value, that I'm here, that I'm engaging with people and I'm communicating, so then it builds up that network effect. And I've been been really struggling with the consumer versus contributor role Mm. because, one, I didn't want to consume and now I have to consume almost to feed the contribution. Like, if you don't engage on social media... No one sees your stuff. So you have to engage, Yeah, which means you have to consume other people's comments and other people's updates and other people's content. But
1: that's where you end up getting drawn into And it. then
0: you get drawn in and then I justify that because, hey, but this is for work. Yeah. And then I'll go do a post and then a minute later I've seen there's an update on my phone. Do I leave it? Yeah, I'm going to leave it. Two minutes later, am I going to leave it? No, let me quickly look now. It's been too yeah, long yeah. already. What has actually happened? What is that update? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So then I, I just found myself um, increasingly putting my, increasingly put in time that I would otherwise be productive with and or time I'd be communicating with people physically in front of me. Mm. I was spending time trying to engage and or learn virtually
2: yeah
0: and uh, i started started to get pissed off with myself that i wasn't again this is coming to that inefficiency my time management was sucking because i'd have this idea okay i'd then get to my desk at whatever time i got to my desk okay i'm going to do this thing let me just quickly check facebook first make sure everything's good let me quickly check instagram oh yeah yeah. oh yeah i've got this idea of what to do on instagram let me write a note of that has anyone else done something like that? Let me take a quick look. And then before you know, I've done an hour and I still haven't done this one thing that i was supposed to do today. But, and that just kept snowballing. So then another part of putting this day together was like, I need to control my social media engagement. It right. can
1: become a full-time job if, if you don't. And I think actually it's, you don't realise how much of a full-time job social media becomes. It can become over-consuming. And if you don't, put it into your day so that you you j- just go on and do what you need to do, then, yeah, it just becomes completely overwhelming um, or it just takes over too much time.
0: But but you're talking about in a capacity of it being part of your business. Yeah. It, this is equally a problem for people who <sighs> it, are purely yeah. consumers, right? They contribute in, in, in the spirit of communication, Yeah, but they're not using it from a business capacity. They're using it to you know, you know, see what other people are doing and, you know, just have a bit of communication, part of it's ego for some people. Some people feel compelled to kind of tell the world yeah. what they're doing. And there's a whole myriad of reasons why they use it, but, you know, the Facebooks of the world, mm. you know, Instagram and Twitter, look, this stuff has been built by scientists, very intelligent people that don't just create beautiful user interfaces, but create experiences that make you want more. Yeah. Absolutely, it's just as addictive as substances.
1: Well, they've all got their own little thing, right? So Facebook is, I find Facebook more for looking at what friends and family are doing. It's it's kind of mixed content on there, isn't it? It's between videos, pictures, and statuses. But then you start looking at Twitter and it's the little one or two liners. And I always go on there and I like sort of, you know, maybe seeing a comedian when he puts up something funny or what people have in their mind. But then I'll go on Instagram because I want that visualisation. It's crazy. Like that, and then, that you that go, then you've go, then got
0: YouTube as well, right? you got YouTube. And oh, and know. then you start putting lists of things you want to watch later. And now you've yeah, got this yeah, burden yeah, yeah. of yeah, like hundreds of things you need to watch. What, what account, and then podcasts.
1: What's the worst one for you? Mine's probably YouTube, I reckon. Um, what, in
0: terms of what? just Just sucking you in
1: sucking you in over consuming me if i go on any of those platforms youtube's probably one that will keep me there the longest yes probably because the videos are longer but i will i very rarely go on it and then come off i'll go on it and i'll go oh what's that whereas the other stuff i kind of go on it and i can quite quickly come off yeah and that really captures me no
0: i hear you youtube can do that for me Mm. and you know again on youtube I, i never engaged with that I'd stumble across YouTube all the time because whenever yeah. you're researching for something, or researching, you know, want to buy something yeah. or you're thinking about something, you type in a question, typically there's a video yeah. that might describe it better than reading. And we've got lazy. We just want we yeah. want to explain to us versus having to read it ourselves. Yeah, yeah. So yes, I've consumed YouTube for as much as I've I've been consuming the internet. Um but I've only recently started to put like subscribe to people's channels. Mm-hmm. And then because I was doing it based on our space, I was like, okay, watching these various things, people putting out new videos. Yeah. I can learn. It's all about learning. Like I want to learn about, you know, that new workout or that new exercise or this new principle of the metabolism, blah, blah, blah. And then I kept getting updates of like all these new videos and I I, I can't keep on top of it. Mm. So I have I have a all can, I have an all or nothing strategy generally with stuff in life. Mm-hmm. And I've gone all out of YouTube because I can't keep up with it being a demand on my time.
1: Do you know gone into?
0: I'm not going on it at a minute, just because. And I've turned off all the notifications. I've actually yeah. I've turned off all the notifications, all the benign. So I've turned off all the benign notifications on Facebook. So the only updates yeah. I get, I if someone comments on something I I put put out. I think that's mostly it. It's mostly yeah. someone reacting to something that I've done. Yeah. That's the only notification I get. I've turned off everything else. Now I can go in and I'm going in to the, you know, the my feed every day. So I'm seeing stuff, but I'm not having the app tell me I should go and look at it. Yeah. So I've turned off all that. I've done the same with Instagram. So if people have live stories or people and I don't want to I don't wanna be notified of that. Mm-hmm. All I want to be notified again. And actually no, 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 no. I've turned off all the likes as well. The only notification I now get is if someone news is following me. And yeah. at some point, I'll turn that off as well. Um, so I've tried to do that. But yeah, I can't get onto YouTube just because it's like, I can't give any more time to this. Yeah, I don't do Twitter. Turn that off. Don't touch that at all now. And I've even stopped consuming like news apps yeah. um, like um, mm-hmm. Flipboard. Don't ever go on Sky News. The problem is, I have no idea what's going on in the world, like current affairs wise. Yeah, I don't. I'm not kept up because I I, I don't have the time to read negative news or read bullshit articles. Because that that, can, that are just sales pitches. Because yeah, mo- most not, articles are sales pitches. Addictive as well. So I'm just I'm done with that. But the problem is, I'm missing out on just keeping current. Mm. So like when you when you and I come into the room and we start talking about stuff. We default to our passion versus, oh, did you see what happened yesterday, or mm-hmm. what happened to this guy, or have you heard this guy's died, or can you can you believe that this thing's happened to this guy just got drunk yeah. and I don't I don't know what's going on. Yeah. I did, you know, this. Quite, quite a weird, weird thing, isn't it? When you're not up to date with what's going on in the world. But it's mostly negative, fares. so but it's all good.
1: Yeah, I, I always find if I start watching the news, I almost start wanting to watch it more. And then I start getting this sort of scarcity, negative mindset that something's going to go wrong, like a nuclear war or mm. um, there's going <laughs> to be a financial crisis. And you just start to have this low level anxiety because you, you keep hearing these bat and you just think, God, is there nothing good happening in the world?
0: And um, I'm not. I'm not saying that. Look, there's lots of people that are avid consumers of news, you know, political news, um, you know, news about the media, um, interesting pieces that you know help you know broaden your mind, yeah. have you think differently. And there's some you know better you know media publications and worse media publications. And I am not discounting the benefits of reading you know the independent or you know telegraph or reading the financial times if you want to do that mm-hmm. or even reading the sun or the mirror whatever 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 you need to give feel you're connected and i i do sense an absence in my life of like not being connected but the problem i have is if you could guarantee an app that just gives me positive news and, you know, thought, thought-provoking, thought you know, mind-broadening news, I'd probably buy it. I yeah. But I have to filter through all the noise. And I'm sick and tired of doing that. And it's just a time sink. So I just don't do any of those at the minute. Mm-hmm. I think that will change. It's going to have to change at some point because I'm growing increasingly disconnected with the world. <laughs> but yeah. it kind of makes me happy because I'm having to think about less. Because every like time you read too. it... Every time you read a news article, yeah. it provokes another thought. Yeah. And then you've got thinking, you're got thinking about something else and then, you know, that might consume you for half an hour or 20 minutes. I'm like, I don't need anything else to consume my mind. I need to be able to just get on with my day and be yeah. happy.
1: Because the way I see it is that I'm always trying to be as productive as possible and keep my mind as positive as possible. Um, and I just find there's a lot of stuff that consumes, you, especially social media and the news, it consumes you and, and becomes unproductive. Um, and I actually, I only want to read what is productive, what's going to actually give me something rather than take away from me and make me feel negative. And,
0: but it's very difficult to and, and self-select what they're going to be if you're going to a place where everything's thrown into the basket exactly. and you've got to cherry pick.
1: And I think you're where you're saying is you've you've gone back to notifications. The notifications you're choosing which ones come up so that you go. I know someone's interacted with me, so I better you know interact back but you're not just doing it where someone that you haven't seen for 10 years from school is you know putting up a new profile picture or something like that. So it's not it's not I mean I don't I don't, your, I don't you know,
0: mind seeing those but I want to see them on my terms. Exactly. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Rather than being drawn in. Not being told I need to go check it out. Yeah. Um, because again that's down to the addictive qualities these apps have been built to continue to create suspense. Yeah. And to continue to create this idea you need to return. Yeah. And and hey, I'm not Knocking them, amazing. It's, oh, it's yeah. amazing how they put this together. And you know, as a business uh, owner and someone who wants to leverage these platforms for business, knowing these features exist that will help draw people to my content, all the power to it as a medium, as long as that consumer can control themselves. Yeah. And I think many people haven't checked themselves to realize they probably have a bit of a, an addiction. addiction yeah. quality. And maybe they're spending too much time.
1: Yeah. i i I used to myself um and you you have to first of all you have to realize how much you're actually on it because i I think a lot of people are unaware how much they're consuming um this content and it's once you know that then you can start going okay well i'm probably on it too much and then you've got to find out but
0: when is that realization point when do you when you realize it usually when
1: your partner says get off your phone
0: (laughs) because think about it right you um won't necessarily i don't know i don't know how people use facebook like across the board but i suspect people dip in and out mm. multiple times a day yeah right and if if they're at if they're if the badges are flicking then they're obviously going in more often but if they're left to their own devices as as you know curiosity peaks they pop in there and mm. they you know f- scroll down a dozen times and then they're done yeah for, the, for that and then they're responding to anything that's mm. you know interesting yeah or it's a friend asking a question. So it's iterative and it's small increments of time. But the problem is is how many increments of time are you actually you're probably doing more than you realize. Mm -hmm. And then how much time are you thinking before and after that event of that time you've just spent on Facebook. And I wouldn't I would not be surprised if the average person has been quote unquote distracted by the goings on on Facebook and the like for a couple hours a day. Oh yeah. At, you know, it out of their up. out of their sixteen hours awake, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a lot of people that are con- you know being consumed by at least two hours worth of thoughts that go towards yeah. what happens on Facebook, whether you're on it or thinking about it afterwards. Yeah. At least two hours, I yeah, reckon. Yeah, yeah.
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? I think you can go on your phone, go into settings, and look at your your where most of your data usage is being used and uh, you know i've I've looked at it with a few of my friends and you go on it and and then most people's are well facebook
0: is at the top and have, whatsapp
1: whatsapp yeah but
0: then there are images as well right so you kind of have to go okay it's, it's rich yeah, media
1: but i think there's i think you can go on and check how long you've been on it as well I there's, think there's apps there's apps so. that
0: can do that yeah. apparently
1: and there's loads of apps out there now that help with this don't they um that basically shut your social media off and they kind of lock you out from your social media. Um, so if you're going to go in the office and you're I know I need to spend an hour on an important project, you use this app to basically disable all of your, your um, social media accounts and then you can't use it for that hour no matter if you wanted to. Um, yeah, I
0: see, I'm, I'm torn as to whether I, I like the idea of those things. Like I once um, set my... Wi-Fi router up such that it blocks the internet at a certain time in the evening. Okay, you could do that. I, I, I turned it off within, yeah. you know, I, I use an exception once and then I've done an exception twice and I'm like, I'm yeah. just going to turn this off now. <laughs> it's too restrictive. Yeah. So I, I kind of feel that we need to exhibit self-control mm-hmm. versus have something else control us. But then there's things you can do to make your life a little bit easier, less distracted. So one was turn off a bunch of the badges, notifications oh, yeah. and banners that yeah. come up on your phone. Another thing, it could be completely turn off notifications for Facebook and the like on your f- computer. Some other people actually completely ban Facebook and stuff on the computer itself yeah. such that the only way you can engage on social media is on your phone. Mm-hmm. So that could be a good way of at least you know limiting where it can be done. Mm-hmm. Um what other tips today? I'm actually before we go to another tip, there's there's a broader problem with social media that I think we need to address. And this isn't just the the lack of productivity and or um, being consumed and therefore addicted. In times where you could be doing other things that are better, I also, I'm I'm increasingly getting uncomfortable when I go to restaurants. And I see people sitting at tables, and sometimes it's whole families. Yeah. No one is looking at each other. Everyone's everyone's looking at their phone. And I judge, but I do it. I yeah. mean, I've I've been in restaurants, and for whatever reason, me and Michelle in you're that like, moment are both looking at our phones, doing whatever we're doing. You're
1: like, look at them, and then you look back down at your phone. And you realize you're doing
0: it. <laughs> and I'm like. That, for me, and it's not just social media, it's the smartphone. It's that immediate distraction you've got available whenever you want. It's also the thing you use to um, break awkward silences. Yeah. The conversation's going quiet or you're less interested. I'll go flick down my phone. But I hold in high regard people staying present with me when I'm communicating with them. I get really pissed off, and I, I'm trying to understand why. But I get really upset when I'm communicating with someone, and someone starts multitasking. I'm like, Oi, <laughs> I'm here. Can you can you just yeah. stay with this conversation?" And then you can go do your thing, so whether it's look on their phone. When, and yeah. then they go look on their phone. They start scrolling down and looking at stuff. I'm like, "Are you paying attention? Yeah, yeah. I'm listening. I can hear you. I heard what you said. Yeah. You might have heard what I said, but you're not engaging. Yeah, because you're you can't think about reading your posts." and fully mm-hmm. engaging in this conversation ready to respond and actively listen. Yeah. And so I, I I feel the bigger problem with social media is we are starting to exchange physical face-to-face communication for virtual engagement. Yeah. And I think our kids and you know you know the young ones growing up now are this is their world. Mm. And you know kids are going to bed, at, you know, falling asleep with their phone in their hand, having been on Instagram and mm-hmm. Facebook all night and just falling asleep doing it. So I, I I just worry that if the app developers and the smartphone creators and we as people don't start to frown upon some of these behaviours and therefore correct them, either both in the apps or as social norms, yeah. we're going to go down this slippery slope of just being owned you know me talking about owning the day we are going to be owned by social media if we're not careful and our kids are going to be owned by it
1: oh yeah i do i agree i think that is the worst part is when when you're with someone they're on their phone or you look at a family and they're all on their phone and they're they're not communicating and and the most important you know the, the best times in life when you're just having a, a simple conversation you know over a glass of wine having dinner dinner or something and that's kind of being replaced with being on your phone and constant being you you, you know when you have a good conversation with someone and, and it's going really well and then suddenly their phone rings or, or, or they check their phone suddenly the conversation it's ends. usually
0: not their phone ringing they just go i feel compelled to look at my phone yeah and
1: you think oh that's because i do conversation. that yeah. don't you do
0: that Like i'm sitting down here, i'm like I'm just going to turn my phone on to see what's going, see if there's anything I should look at.
1: I think I do it more than I know. It's I mean, ridiculous. I do. I've, I know. I caught myself doing it the other day. So I was training in my in my garage, and my phone was on the side. And every time I finished a set, I'd walk over, press press the yeah. phone screen on, look, and then turn it on. So see what's again. going on. I kept doing it, and then why? I was like, I was like, <laughs> why am I doing that? But I just it. Number one, habit, and maybe number two, addiction. I don't oh, know. Oh, absolutely, addiction. But I think, but I also think a lot of it's habit now. I'm in the habit of doing it. So yeah. I'm like, I know there's nothing on my s- screen because I checked it for eight seconds ago.
0: Even, even if there was.
1: Yeah.
0: I mean, here's the question Does it matter whether you look at that thing now or in five minutes? Out of all the things that could notify you to look at me on your phone, if you didn't look at them for half an hour, Mm-hmm. from when they were created, would that change anything at all? The reality is no. Even if people are commenting on Facebook, if you commented within one minute or the following day, it hasn't changed anything at all. Yeah. Yet we feel compelled. What was that? Let me deal with it now. When okay. I was supposed to be dealing with something else, but I'm going to do this first. That's so quickly just, you know, get this yeah, out of the way. And you just continuously do that. I Look, I, I'm, I'm not judging people. I'm not judging others. I'm judging myself because I'm, I'm referring to my own human instinct of getting completely distracted. Yeah. But yeah, I do that too. Like, I'm working and, out and I'm flicking my phone up. Like yeah. that, I remember when I was you know working corporately, I'd have the corporate mail app on my phone. And because my corporate email was so busy, I'd always be getting emails. Mm. And I remember being on holiday and sitting by the lounger by the pool, and I'd probably turn my phone on and off and pop into that app a hundred times a day, at least, when I'm on holiday. Mm. I'm fucking on holiday and I'm doing it. It's that's bad, you man. To
1: question it, yeah. So
0: what can we do? What, what can we do as, you know, tips for individuals or techniques that you and I can maybe try because yeah. I think we both have the problem it's mm. not like you know we yeah, yeah. can we can sit on a pedestal and say look at everyone else who's got the issue we've got the issues and so, from a societal point of view what what can be done to create a healthier relationship where we get all the beautiful value of this of this engagement which hey it brings so much so much life and value to us every single day yeah. being able to communicate with so many people we we are a communal communal species. We love to engage. Thing is, we don't. We can't have thousands of friends. Mm. We're built to uh, be in a community of maybe up to a hundred people. Yeah. Really, that's how you know we we grew up and you know uh, we evolved. Yeah. So having thousands of friends doesn't make sense. But how do we keep in you know keeping in touch with these people? Do it in a productive way, and feel like we're in control of that communication as opposed to these platforms and these devices owning us. And how do we get back good old-fashioned face-to-face communication where you have to make an effort? Because the point is, like when you're communicating with something, it's lazy and it's rude to go look at your phone. It's like, I'm not going to spend the time to think about what to ask you or now what to say. I've lost interest. I'm addicted about what my phone's about to say. I'm not going to make an effort listening to you and I'm going to go look at something else. It's rude at so many levels. How do we get back to the just enjoying the moment and putting that phone to one side?
1: I, I almost, I mean, what I did, this is really simple, but I just turn my phone on silent. And I, I always have it on silent, but I just put put it face down. It's so simple. Yeah. But when, I, I know if I'm sitting, uh, you know, having dinner with my partner, I'd like, I'll put my, uh, but if it's but down. if it's
0: on the table that's still it's like it's calling at you
1: yeah i mean do you know what i mean you like, almost
0: don't you shouldn't have it on the table if yeah. you don't want it to even even call at you at all it's just get it out of sight as well
1: yeah, yeah get it out of sight
0: because even when it's face down i'm sure you've grabbed it a few times
1: yeah you do yeah, instinctively yeah. i mean we've we're having a conversation here and sometimes i forget to put my phone face down and it flashes up and it, it i look at it and, it, and you're talking to me and it draws my attention away straight away. If I put it down, I don't know what's going on. I've what's turned on? off
0: that feature, by the way. What, you know, when you you lighting up? Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I'll, I think right. you can turn it off. So like when things happen, your screen doesn't light up. Okay. It goes, into the, it goes into that page, but you have to turn the phone on to look at it.
1: What is that when people message and... Anything, anything. Any
0: update doesn't light the phone up. It's just there, but okay. it's there as soon as I turn it on. It's those notifications yeah. are there. So you could do that. But what, what else can we do? Like, for example, how can you control your time on your phone?
1: I, I I mean, like you've done, you've actually scheduled time in, haven't you, on your day? So you can schedule in, it depends if you're, you know, creator or consumer of, of social media, but you could, if you're a creator, you could obviously schedule time to create uh, content and put it on social media, Um. And if you're a consumer, you can do exactly the same for time when you want to binge on it. So I would actually schedule in time to, to, to your daily routine to consume social media.
0: You so know you're going to do it, so you may as well be honest with yourself and schedule it.
1: Yeah, is that, yeah, yeah. you're not going to just stop completely. So yeah. You might as well go, well, you know what, this... This time of the day, I'm not going to be having a good conversation with my partner or with my friends, so I know I can go on social media now rather than kind of just mindlessly doing it throughout the day, um, because then you can you can pick and choose a little bit more as to when you go on it and making it, it does more take a some priority. discipline to do that, though, doesn't it? It, it does take discipline, um, but it just means that you you're thinking that way. You're thinking in a way that you go, I need to prioritize. Um, communicating with my partner and my friends and my family Um, that is why I'm making it's making
0: that decision right it's making that decision that I'm going to check my social media maybe with a coffee first thing in the morning I'm probably check it on my commute if I'm on the tube a couple of times and I'll do the same on the on the ride back home and then maybe there's one maybe there's another time after dinner as yeah. we're just kind of like, you know, pottering around, I might check it. I don't know. Whatever works for you guys. I think scheduling is one thing. There's another thing I actually heard someone, it's obvious, but heard someone say, which they've, they're they kind of drawn towards now, which is when they get home, they plug their phone in to the the power outlet, and that is in a room that they're not in. Yeah. So <clears> it's the spare room, what have you? Or it's in the kitchen. But... but you can't unplug it. So you can't walk around it, or walk around with your phone. So if you want to use your phone, mm-hmm. you've got to stand up in this room you don't want to be in and not be comfortable. Yeah, Consume it. And when it's done, leave the room, carry on with the day. And it feels a bit extreme. It's like, well, that, that's uncomfortable. Why would I want to fucking give myself all that restriction? <laughs> but I'm actually tempted to consider that, which is, gets on charge, goes in a room. If I want to use it, I'll go in a room. If I want to spend an hour in that room, I'll spend an hour in that room. Yeah. But it ain't going to be comfortable and it ain't going to be where all the action is in the house. So it kind of makes you have to make a bit more of a decision Yeah. versus trying to do everything all at once.
1: I think you're right. because pl- There's something about plugging your phone in that's, that almost makes it a bit more permanent. Um, when I go into my room at night, my bedroom, I'll, I'll plug it in as soon as I go into the room now. Um, whereas I used to kind of leave it on the side And I'll go, you know, brush my teeth, and then I'll wander in. I might look at it again. Whereas what I do is I, I plug it in. As soon as I get in my room, first thing, plug it in, set the alarm, put it face down. And then I just... I can't really be bothered to turn it on and look again I know it and it's almost a habit again of, of well, that's I'm good. Done. so
0: you can't but that's just before you go to bed though but that's just before I go to bed yeah. so I
1: mean I don't do that day to day and I mean the phone almost follows me around the house ha- I notice it follows me around the house it follows me everywhere yeah and you, you, it's on the table oh, and you're on yeah, the table whether yeah. you go in the kitchen it's on the kitchen side and I don't know I'm doing it and I literally carry it's it crazy it isn't it I think this this thing. I don't even go to the, right I don't now,
0: even go to the toilet without my phone. Yeah, like, seldom.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or I leave it on the side outside the toilet, it's over the door, and it's like waiting for me right yeah. there. I'm like, I don't need it to follow oh, no. me around. Oh, no. So, it, I mean, I haven't figured out how to not do that because, again, that's going to be discipline, isn't it? It's going to be like, put it there, leave it there. I suppose plugging in a different room, like you said, I think that helps. It I out. think
0: what makes it more difficult is that you know, the phone has become your every device it's my book yeah it's my music it's my podcasting for learning you know it's my googling and researching it's Emergency my email calls. it's my phone calls it's my text messages it's all my news apps it's, it's everything so it's so because it's so versatile you might say actually i don't want to do these activities yeah. but i want to do these activities on the yeah, phone yeah. and therefore what i've just said could be destructive because you would rather read on your phone for an hour Cause yeah. you don't have physical books anymore now if you've got it in your hand are you tempted to quickly see what facebook is just saying because exactly. you've seen a pop-up yeah, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: again I'm, I, don't, I don't i haven't got all the answers i think but. i think the,
1: the the hardest bit for me and probably a lot of people actually is that you have your phone as well in case someone calls you if there is an emergency which doesn't happen very often but <laughs> it does happen yeah like occasion you know uh, um, I've had a time where my phone's gone, and I'm like, thank God I was on my phone at that time. Because if it was on silent in my pocket and I didn't look at it for half yeah. an hour, I wouldn't have known. But I had it in my hand, and now I was like, actually, you know, I was kind of glad it was in my hand at that time. Um, but and that that's the problem. Do I put it on silent and face down, or in another room?
0: I'm sure you could probably <sighs> can, can. I'm sure you can, mm-hmm. silent the phone from a notification standpoint, but keep on. Maybe the ringtone, or or whitelist people and keep them that because you can definitely do that. You can whitelist phone numbers that ring.
1: Maybe this uh, this could be our big idea, a no. new our new app. It no, be. it already
0: does it, man. <laughs> what,
1: so you got an app and it will literally like it, it not like. I'm a, sure
0: I'm sure you can make the phone silent, but keep the ringtone for all your calls. And I know you can definitely have a whitelist of phone numbers if they ring, irrespective they will they will ring
1: what i was thinking was if if everyone had this app on their phone and if if they called you normally it wouldn't go through but if they knew it was an emergency they'd they would do it through the app oh and right the, okay your phone will <laughs> not disturb you unless they, they, they use it through they, that they, one they, app it's an emergency and you click the app and you call them because you know that will disable the, that's the interesting silent mode. Uh, so that's what be- i'm thinking yeah, I was thinking, yeah. Ah, keep good.
0: that one to yourself and everyone else listening yeah yeah <laughs> <Shh>. <laughs> Um, is there any other tips I can think of? I'd say turning off the notifications, turning off the screen, turning on, uh, scheduling uh, your time, maybe plugging the phone in. I think that if you can do those, there'll be good things. Aware, and, then, and awareness as and well. And then I would say the other thing is around external accountability. What do I mean by that, have your partner call you out. Mm,
2: yeah.
0: When... Like, like for me, I have to use I have to use Facebook and Instagram for the promotion and engagement of adaptation with the followers. So I can justify much of my action with I'm working. But I'm not always working. Well,
1: it's not scheduled, Do you know but no, no. but
0: it's not even yeah. though I, I yeah. label it as work, it's not actually work. Yeah. It's it's now morphed into just Blown social. Yeah, down. just I'm just yeah. consuming now like so if i'm doing that check yeah. me if i say i'm going to do something both scheduling or some discipline i'm going to try and deploy call me out when i'm not doing that yeah you know have that person kind of put a mirror up to you because you quite often one lie to yourself two are in denial or three yeah. just don't even realize so i think accountability from your your partner or the people you live with or people you work with is probably
2: mm-hmm.
0: a useful way to kind of keep yourself in check but I think accountability should be leveled up. Yeah. And this as my closing point is really around a societal norm. I would like it to be socially frowned upon for people to go to restaurants and use their phone. Mm. Like it would wouldn't it be cool if um restaurants start popping up? You know, like you know when the, the smoking ban came out? And then restaurants or it was starting, it it was, it was going to happen, but it was, it was like notice. Uh, And some restaurants would go anti like smoking, no smoking allowed in the building before it was actually regulated. Yeah. So if you had to smoke, it'd smoke outside. And that was quite liberating. And for people who didn't want to be in a smoking environment, you'd go, oh, that place is a non-smoking restaurant or they've got a really big non-smoking area. Uh, That's, that's. I'm going to add that to the list of reasons why I might go there. Now, think about it that way. If restaurants, there's a restaurant around the corner, Bryn, and it said no social media, no phone restaurant, that could be their unique. I mean, I would go there, as long as the cuisine is okay, I'd probably go there because I'd be going there like maybe hand my phone in as soon as I, I walk think, as yeah. walk through the you know the front the front desk they take the phone away. Yeah, you can't fucking use it. You have to speak to the person you're with, mm-hmm. and you can have it when you leave. I think I've, I think that could be a thing. Yeah, I think
1: I have seen. This was a while back. I seen somewhere where they give you a box, and in the box you you put your phones in there, and they shut the box, they lock it, and you can't get into it. And I they have the key. And Joe
0: have- Rogan when he does his comedy gigs. He does employ every once in a while firms that do exactly that. So, because he was getting fucked off that people come into his shows and they're constantly on their phone as he's trying to make them laugh. And he's like, no, like, if you want to, if you're spending money to come and watch me and I'm putting effort to try and entertain you, stay with it. Yeah. Like, for the hour. Yeah. Right. So he'd like had a no uh, phone phone thing. Now, people say, I want to use it for taking photos and stuff. Well, take a bloody camera. Do you know (laughs) what I mean? For that hour, just get off it. I think if we can up-level that such that it almost becomes frowned upon to be on social media. Not that I think social media is bad or shouldn't have a place in our lives. It absolutely should. There's lots of goodness. But frowned upon to be an addict. Frowned upon to use it in public. Yeah. Almost. like If you could just do that, that, that could change our relationship with these platforms that are designed to make us addicts. And give us back the keys and get us start taking some of the control back. I think we need it because I just I, I worry from my girls growing up with yeah. being complete addicts of YouTube already. They haven't even found Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff yet. And I'm thinking these apps are getting smarter and more addictive day by day. These kids are already consuming it and they don't even know it. Yeah. This is part of their life, whether they like it or not. I just hope we start creating rules and expectations around it so it's a healthy relationship. So if you want to yeah. smoke, go and smoke, but know the downsides mm. and all the negative marketing to support that. Choice is yours. I almost feel like social yeah. media is like, here's the good things, all the bad things as well. Let me make sure you're really clear of all the bad things. Yeah. Now, if you want to go do it, do it. But it's frowned upon for you to do it in these places.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like smoking used to be cool, but it's not cool anymore. It's not. Stand out I love, the, I to love the change
0: over yeah. the last 10, 15 years that... It's not a cool thing.
1: Yeah, and and I, I think if we change the way we view using our phones, it should almost like say be frowned upon to to do it especially when you're around people in a social environment and then that becomes almost uncool in a way. It's to, like
0: a look look at Bryn, he can't he yeah. can't manage himself for 5 minutes. He's look he's, he's feeding his addiction <laughs> yeah. there in a the corner and on his I, phone. I, uh, just dies oh, he's Muppet yeah. do you know what I mean well, I like, if people start be, having like, that yeah. expectation then people will change
1: yeah but like, no, I don't want to be that guy and I, do, <laughs> exactly. I do actually think that will happen I do think that will happen at some point we, I think we will get um, smarter around the way that we, we consume and the times that we consume on our phones basically um, but who knows who knows but I do think that will happen
0: watch this space Bryn pleasure as always having a chat Thanks thank you for your up. time and guys, Adapt is all about providing you with the expert tools and knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Thank you. Cheers, guys. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It
1: really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Nation.